0: Everybody, it's a rainy night over here in New York. It's going to be raining all night, which means I'm going to be compelled to stay awake and work. Because there's nothing more inspiring than a rainy night in October. Uh, I am so happy to be starting off this new week with you. 6.57 p.m. on the East Coast, 7 o'clock on the other clock. And I am, uh, I'm going to be bringing on a friend of the show, Rich Barris, who is coming on with a little bit more, with greater frequency in this lead up to the election, the scheduled election. So we're going to be getting an election update with him around 7.25. He'll jump in. We'll go until whenever. And then in the second half of the show, I've got some Russia, Ukraine updates that we can't, we can't skip. We cannot skip. Because I've got, I even got some astro chart uh, updates that are worked into that, and it's getting more and more serious. Now we're talking dirty bombs. Now everybody's saying, Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna detonate a dirty bomb. They're gonna detonate. Who? Who's they? One side says the other. The other one says the other side. And uh, it's just a matter of where your biases, allegiances, or evidence has led you to believe what may be brewing for all of us to decide. I don't know, one thing or another, but we got to go and do that. Uh, uh, In the meantime, I want to thank my sponsors tonight. That's BlueMonsterPrep.com. You know them well. Many of you have already become friends with Pat and Gina at Blue Monster Prep, buying a little bit of food here, a little bit of radio equipment there, a little bit of water filtration and life straws and all that stuff. Stop the Bleed kits, first aid, anything that you need in a situation uh I don't know in a dire situation, and there are so many ways for us to get there, and the future is unpredictable outside of what can be predicted and um i I would just have to say that regardless of where we're all going together, it's always good to have a little insurance added to your pile of you know Halloween decorations and the collecting dust in the basement somewhere or anywhere else you you are uh, you feel safe enough to stockpile some good supplies for the family bluemonsterprep.com i also that's a qu- promo code frankly i'm also going to be able to make a big announcement on quite frankly coffee we've got the we've got the wonderful bag all desi- designed I I, I I i from what i gather the bag is all designed we have the roast all set, at least the first generation roast, because we're going to tinker with things along the way. Right now we've got this medium roast, this this full city blend, Guatemala, whatever. I, I gotta, I'm going to get it all together. I'm going to get the entire thing uh, written up, descriptors, and I'm even going to bring on my buddy Christian, who created the coffee for us. So you are going to be able to have, quite frankly, coffee in time for the holidays. I'm so happy to say it. I really am. But that—that's—that's that's sometime, that's sometime over the next couple of days, because we wanted our goal was to have this ready by the end of October. And what do you know? It's the end of October. Uh, it's also the end of October for the New York Yankees. Um, this is now. I'm I'm happy that as the years have gone on, I have shed a lot. I have a couple of Yankee shirts that I still wear. I I'm not the type to like go to a Yankee game with. You know, dressed up as somebody who can play on the field in costume or anything like that. So I've I've shed a lot of that. I've also shed a lot of the the regular season, this is dominating my life kind of a thing. That's all gone. Uh, When it comes to the tournament, if I want to sit down and watch a tournament, and I see just absolute horrid things happening, Horrid things happening on the field, things that I would not, I, things that I would be hard pressed to see sometimes on a little league field when I was coaching for 15, 16 years. Um, it, it's just something else. But it's all over. It's okay. Everything, everything's all right. Last night it was game four, and it was pretty much like bringing a dog to get euthanized. The Yankees were just being put down, put down <laughs> g- gently, peacefully. They're they're gone. They're dead now. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all over. The one thing I wanted to bring up, because this, this goes beyond baseball and it, it's it's something that I've been laughing about this with my with my buddies from high school all day. We've been going back and forth in, in our, our little Voxer group chat. And um, They hired the Yankees hired I, I guess they have a mental skills coach. I read about read about this. They have a mental skills coach. I don't know if every team does that you know, whatever. I guess having team doctors, psychologists, uh, you're going to have that, especially if you're a multi-billion dollar uh, sports franchise and you want to be able to protect the merchandise. But we heard about this last night. Aaron Boone, that's the manager of the Yankees, said that Chad Bowling, the Yankees mental skills coach, was sending around a highlight video, highlight videos of the 2004 Red Sox that, uh, yesterday morning. To the Yankees to try to get them pumped up for the game now for those of you who don't know why this is absolutely hilarious is because the 2004 Red Sox are the only team in history to ever come down from a three-game come back from a three-game to none deficit in a championship series and end up winning the whole damn thing and they came back from 3 nothing against the Yankees it was one of the most heart-crushing embarrassing collapses in sports history i was there in the the stadium for game six okay so now i know nobody on the team now has anything to do with 2004 but just think about how desperate and ridiculous it is to think that you can fire up your players by watching highlights of your franchise collapsing in the playoffs 17 years prior (laughs) We we were laughing about this all day it's it was it's just horrendous Horrendous, And then uh, we heard rumors that, um, that somebody had gotten uh, David Ortiz, one of the, the Red Sox players, to FaceTime Boone's office in the pregame or whatever. W- whether that had anything to do with giving him tips on how to approach the game or not, I don't know. It's probably a, a misunderstanding, but I hope it's true because it would be even more hilarious that they would go try to dig up Red Sox uh, players to help them. As if they even knew what the hell they were about to do in 2004. Like they had a plan to win four straight. They just showed up every day and things went their way. And what the fuck was he going to say anyway? David Ortiz. You know what to do? I tell you exactly what to do. I know how we did it. I know, just say it. I was talking about this with my, my buddy Joe today. Just listen. Just listen. One peach at a time. One peach at a time. <laughs> what the fuck was he going to tell them? Some stupid... I don't know. Some, some, some nonsense. Anyway, I don't have much in the grab bag tonight, so I figure I'd just talk about that. Uh, let's see. Going on to Eric Adams in New York City. Now, this is an interesting little timeline. Here is from, uh, here's a story from October 20th. A couple days ago, four days ago. Take a look at this. Here's the headline. The headline is, NYC Mayor Eric Adams blames media for perception of surging subway crime. Perception. Okay? Now, we wouldn't want to skew perception here because everyone experiences sexual assault and muggings differently. I understand that. But he goes and he says that the media perception... Uh, It it really needs to stop we don't have a problem right now Adams took his dismissive tone about mayhem in the subways where violent crime this year through August was up 39 percent compared to 2019 during a talk with CNN's Chris Wallace that was recorded just a day after the city's ninth train system homicide of the year occurred in Queens people are getting pushed onto the tracks Uh, they're not even being robbed they're not even being robbed. A lot of people are not even being robbed, they're just being, you can see the security camera footage of these animals that are waiting, waiting for everyday commuters to just be walking down, walking down the, the, whatchamacall, the platform right there and and then just coming out and, and, I don't know, drop kicking them onto the tracks. And some of them survive and some of them don't. Stabbings on the train. Of course, you can't talk about who the attackers are and who the victims are. That would be another. That would be another a bad, bad shift in perspective. But um, but if you ask any liberal on Twitter right now, uh, the the real problems with violent crime are all uh, conservative towns and cities around the world, around the country. So anyway, that was on the twentieth. They say he blames the media for this terrible perception of crime in in, uh, in the subways in U- in New York. Then we get this. Then we get this from Mayor Eric Adams, who's kind of like, um, who's piggybacking on the beaver lady that nobody wants, Kathy Hochul from Albany. Uh, Kathy Hochul on the 22nd, two days later, says transit is the lifeblood of New York City and our prosperity depends on everything, feeling, blah, 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 blah. So they're building an ongoing effort to keep New York, New Yorkers safe on transit crime. How are they going to do it? mayor eric adams today's announcement this is two days after he says stop with the bad media perception today's announcement with the governor means that the addition of hundreds of additional strategically deployed officers on our trains and help to those suffering from serious mental health illness so they can find a way out of the subway system so i don't know why a false Perception of crime would warrant hundreds more police officers being deployed in the in the subways there. But I don't know. You try to make sense of all this nonsense. Here's a little more. Here's a little bit more on what Roseanne was talking about when she was on the show last week about this civil war between Jews. And um, and then this shows up. This is from the Jerusalem Post. After Ben Shapiro gets gassed, first joke, prominent new YouTubers' uh, account suspended. So I don't know if you know who this uh, this frumpy lump of shit Ethan Klein is. H three H three podcasts or whatever. I have no, I've seen a couple of clips, highlights of that show, sporadically over the years, and I just don't get. Uh, maybe I don't know enough about him. Just like I don't know enough about the the Pete Davidson origin story. I don't know where they come from, and how they rose to such fame. I know that you know podcasts. Um, if you're consistent enough, you'll you'll find listeners anywhere. I mean, there's eight billion people on on the planet. Uh, even shitty podcasts with unappealing hosts will get, if you're consistent, a couple of dozen plays a, an episode. I don't know after at least after a while how he amassed six million subscribers on YouTube alone And and I don't even know because the conversations are not funny um, He's he's a slob. He's just a slovenly piece of shit. Ethan Klein. Anyway, he goes and he says this I'll read you this story After a joke about Ben Shapiro getting gassed first in another holocaust fell flat and raised controversy on online spheres, prominent YouTube comedian Ethan Klein's podcast channel was suspended on Friday, Uh, so that means that he has to take a week off from YouTube. It's probably just a first strike or whatever. Uh, Well, first strike. He's had other strikes, but they've... Evaporated a few white supremacists successfully lobbied YouTube to suspend me a Jewish dual citizen of Israel and USA for anti-semitism Klein announced in a tweet. You see you see I'm part of a special group. I can make jokes about another Jew getting gassed And of course, what is that special group that he's part of he is underneath he's under that umbrella of slovenly American liberal Jew that's that. that it, this is exactly what Roseanne was talking about. They're the ones that are able to cross lines, get you canceled, and then when you somehow, somehow hit the electric fence and you need to, you you get buzzed back a little bit. Okay, we went a little bit too far. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, ben Ben Shapiro, who I I don't even really give a shit about, should get gassed first in a new holocaust. When when that gets them thrown back a little bit, and they feel the. Uh, The buzz of a boundary. Oh, oh, the white supremacists successfully lobbied YouTube. You've got millions of subscribers. You don't think that a large portion of people out there would hear that and go, all right, come on, man. Anyway, this just goes to show the mentality. The mentality. And um, he says, if there's another Holocaust and people start rounding up the Jews again, I hope Ben Shapiro gets gassed first. You know. Or Last he said do you think it would be more justice if he got it first or last? That's that's funny. Apparently That's funny So oh then he goes the joke that I was suspended for simply points out that Ben who's desperate to be accepted by his Christian nationalist friends as white will only ever be seen by them as a useful idiot and sadly for him a Jew What are you talking about? You, you see the the nonsense? The nonsense. They have crutch, it's like, it's like having a crutch but also having a sword at the same time. It's ridiculous. Are you a victim or are you in power? What is it? You can't keep switching between the two. Holy shit. Holy shit. Oh man, he did other things there too. I think I think in the past he got another strike for saying that somebody should, should bomb the NRA. It was just a joke. Jeez, relax. All right, well, um, that's all we have for right now. We're going to kick this one off, and I have one more story I'd like to do about some fortifying, some election fortifying, which might give you a little bit of a wink-wink, nod-nod, since we haven't had anything really telegraphed this year, aside from the fact that we have a potentially world-planet-engulfing military conflict that has been slowly boiling in the background. Since February, which is about right when you think about it, when you think about it, because it was February of 2020 is when everybody started conceptualizing that we might have to make some changes to our day to day lives for the arrival of this virus. And then it was a slow boil all day until the November plot arrived. Well, I'm anyway. Rich Barris is coming on in just a few minutes, so we'll have some fun with that. Don't go anywhere.
1: Batman. Batman. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema you let one ant stand up to us then they all might stand up those puny little ants
2: outnumber us a hundred to one and if they ever figure that out there goes our way of life it's not about food It's about keeping
1: those ants in line. That's why we're going back! Does anybody else want to stay?
2: Let's ride!
0: Okay. Everything seems to be going off very nicely. So I hope that you guys and gals have had yourself a nice weekend. That it was relaxing in one way or another. It was all right for me. I think I, I, I don't know. I, it's one of those weird things where I don't even understand. I don't remember what the hell I did. Uh, went out for dinner on Saturday night with Lauren and the baby. There was the uninspiring Yankee games and just playing it just staying close to home, and it was nice. It was nice, but for some reason I stayed tired. <laughs> I still worked out. Maybe that was it. Maybe I don't actually rest is the problem. maybe that's why i'm I'm tired, but as my grandfather said, you sleep when you're dead, Frank. so that's what i'll do. I'll look forward to to that in about seventy seventy to ninety years i still I feel like I have about ninety five more years left. I don't know, how about you? How do you feel today? How many years do you feel like you have left today? I'll tell you something else I want to talk about. We have some, we have some serious, heavy, human stuff to talk about. I made a couple of new spots, new threads I want, I want to bring up on the other side of the intermission. We'll get to that soon. But um, this is one thing that I thought was interesting, considering the time of year. Biden administration, this is from Politico, set to warn about threats to nation's election infrastructure. Oh, so is he, is he ordering Merrick Garland to investigate Time Magazine and John Podesta? Probably not. A bulletin is slated to be issued this week. Now, what's in it, you might ask? Oh, let's see. Top Biden national security officials. Can you imagine? That's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. That Those are like literally... The fox that is guarding the hen house. Top Biden national security officials are tracking multiple threats to the nation's election security infrastructure ahead of the midterms. Why? If 2020 was the most secure it's ever been, why would it ever, it would ever uh, go backwards under the watchful eye of Dr. Dementia? Let's see. They're set to issue warnings, including an internal intelligence bulletin this week, according to two people familiar with the matter. So it's probably Jill Biden. The bulletin will lay out details of cyber threats posed by China and Russia. No surprise there. We'll talk about why in the second half a little bit more. As well as other non-state actors and potential physical threats to election officials in jurisdictions across the country. The people said the warnings come as midterm elections near amid increasing reports of intimidation at ballot drop boxes. People requested anonymity to talk freely about sensitive national security and election matters. So people are coming forward and saying that there are election box watchdogs that are, are showing up and monitoring who is dropping off votes and how many votes they're dropping off. And this could be a problem. This could be a problem for a number of reasons. Because you've got a lot, yes, uh, interest in this is high. People want to get involved. They know what happened in 2020. They know how bad it was, and they want to be able to intercept some mules out there but they are overzealous, and they probably don't know the law too much, and there's very little you can do without breaking the law. You can't talk to anybody, you certainly can't touch them. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of licenses you're going, to have, uh, you're going to have to have to make sure that there is a live-linked HD camera focused in on those boxes at all times, but I don't know what the hell. I mean, standing around, it's very easy for them to, to claim intimidation, it's very easy for them to actually just go there dressed as one thing or another and intimidate their own for all the reasons you might imagine. It's the only game they have left. It really is when it comes to Election Day. It's a, and it's a big game, as we know. But I, don't, I, I really do hope that nobody out there gets overzealous on November 8th and does anything to get yourself in trouble. I don't know. I know that there are groups out there that have assembled and have worked out ways to peacefully and legally uh, be around these boxes to make sure that people aren't just blatantly stuffing purses full of ballots. Because you also have to imagine there may be there may be people that show up with three or four ballots for everybody in their household and drops it in there. Now, if that same person shows up to other drop boxes with three or four ballots, then you know something's going on. But just you, you can't. We, I can just see people getting overzealous, and you got to be very careful because you can't even stand online voting on an election night or election day with a a campaign hat on or a shirt on that was that favors one candidate or another. Uh, if, if anybody that is working the polling station is doing their job, they'll tell you to get off a line and go home and change your shirt because it counts as electioneering. So these are very very sensitive things. And they know it's sensitive, which is why they probably feel a lot more. They, they probably feel comfortable sending people with uh, bushels full of, uh, of unmarked, you know, undated ballots to drop boxes all over the place and stuffing the shit out of them. Because they know that there's a lot of legal hurdles that will actually keep them safe from those who want elections to be fair. But you got to watch out for that because they will definitely harass their own to be able to attack you. Elsewhere on Monday, the Department of Justice addressed several malign influence schemes. Jeez. Malign influence schemes and alleged criminal activity by non-state actors. While those charges were unrelated to the intelligence bulletin warning, FBI Director Director Christopher Cocknose Ray Acknowledged during a press conference that foreign governments continue to pose a major threat to U.S. elections. Malign foreign influence, where it's from the, uh, whether it's from the Chinese government or the Russian government or other governments, is just not an election cycle issue, but a 365-day-a-year issue, Ray said. Oh, no. The internal administration concerns about the election threats come a days after a call was held between federal officials and local law enforcement personnel about the midterms, according to one of the people familiar with the matter. Those on the call discussed the potential for violence in response to the spread of false narratives regarding the election process. Officials said election workers, including those working at polling stations, are likely to face threats and harassment from extremists, both online and offline, the person familiar with the matter said. We are now hearing reports of people surrounding ballot drop boxes, some even wearing tactical gear and questioning people, said John Cohen, the former counterterrorism chief at DHS. Are the police prepared for that? They need to be, all this being driven by the false narrative that the 2020 election was stolen. The FBI, DHS, and DOJ did not respond to requests for comment. So there's always something being built. There's always a nice little wall, sandbags being built, and uh, they get out ahead of things. They get out ahead of things, and they're just doing their stuff. So um, between that and CISA, that was another crazy thing. That was another crazy thing that we did on the morning show today on Uncovered DC's Rumble. That's on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's when we we, uh, record live now, Dark to Light. It's been great, 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 great viewership. It's growing, and I always I always wanted to be part of a morning show. And now that need has been satisfied. And we are talking about this, how CIsa was talking uh, had published something about intellectual or cognitive infrastructure being part of national security um, national security concerns, cognitive infrastructure. And that means the way that we are able to um, use the internet, social media, and what kind of rights they have to all of our data. It's cognitive infrastructure. And why would that be so? Well, because of all the damn data that we pump into the, ether, the, uh, the internet, we know that that's a lot more useful to those with the technology who know what to do with it. than just trying to figure out what you like eating for lunch. It's a great way of actually predicting the future. It truly is a great way of having to predict the future. So that's it. We're part of their cognitive infrastructure, if you hadn't heard about that one. Then we got the Biden administration doing all of this, prompting everybody to, whether it be in Arizona or anywhere else, got to watch out. Now, are you part of one of those watchdog groups? Because I know a few that have been established, and we interviewed one before, and uh, it seemed like they had a lot of... There's not much you can do, but legal legal parameters in which they can actually be there and make sure that nobody's tampering with boxes and uh and whatever. But if you are signed up and you've received any kind of group training for any of that, I'd love to hear what you are preparing for in the next couple of days. I also want to bring up with Rich when as he shows up any second now. April Becker. Do you remember April Becker? Well, we had her on the show back in, it was probably November, late November of 2020, or early December, she at the time was running for a state seat in the Nevada state government. So she was running for uh, state Congress or something like that. April Becker was her name. And she ran into a situation where she was winning, she, As election night drew, drew to a close, she had a pretty confident lead. And then, as happened to many other people, over the course of a week, whittled away, whittled away, whittled away. And they didn't stop counting until they found enough votes to put her into a deficit. And her GOP, local GOP abandoned her and all that other stuff. Well, now she is running for U.S. House, the U.S. Congress. I think it's Nevada, the third district. I got to get her back on the show, but something really happened. Uh, something happened that was pretty uh, incredible. She's getting attacked by Democrats out there in, in Nevada. Of course, they're, they're coming at her because she is an extremist when it comes to abortion limitations and all that other stuff. And uh, they kind of stepped on their own dick because they used a doctor. They shacked up with a doctor who has a lot of, a lot of problems. I guess that's the best way I can say it. He has a lot of problems, and I'm going to bring that up when, when Rich gets here. So um, that's another thing we're going to be doing. And I guess when I, when I think about it, oh, this, this, is, this is the Washington Examiner one that I had up. Here's another. This is one in particular in, in Arizona. Officials deeply concerned about voter intimidation at the ballot boxes. So I want to ask Rich about this one as well. Because it is a, um, a sticky situation, a sticky one. I saw that, that interest in the election is at an all-time high. That was reported by Town Hall. At the same time, there are these reports that Democrats have peaked. I don't, I don't know why they would have ever had a peak. It should be just one low valley. But they had peaked, and now they're not doing too well which is very surprising because a couple of weeks ago it was like 73%, 75% chance they are going to take the, uh, the Senate and all that stuff. And now what do you know? So it's just interesting to see, again, the patterns, things winding down and, um, and everything else going exactly the way you thought it, they, they would go once it's time to wean off of the fake polls and to start setting us up for whatever the hell the play is going to be. And it's going to be a play on multiple, multiple fronts. All right, Um, and then we have one last thing. One last thing I was telling you about, and that is with the, the forum. Now over the next couple of days, from tonight to next Monday, next Monday's Halloween, we're just gonna be doing open lines, we'll do a little bit of headlines in the beginning, see what the hell's going on there but we're also gonna be doing a lot of spooky stories. Get onto the forum on quitefrankly.tv and make sure that you get your creepy ass stories added to that thread, which I have pinned to the top of the forum. We have also a couple other ones that I added. The biggest one that I think is going to open things up, it might be an emotional show, but it started off with something a little bit more, I don't know, celebrity based because I saw a headline about how Kevin Bacon lost everything that he owns, or almost lost everything he owns, to Bernie Madoff. He was another guy that had given Bernie Madoff uh, most of his money for whatever kind of gambling purposes were going on there. And when it all went kaput, he lost a lot of it, just like the New York Mets took a big hit and other people too. But I started thinking about that, not because of Kevin Bacon, but just stories about people losing it all. And it doesn't have to be financial either. It's just Having what you would think to be an abundance of everything by health, wealth, happiness, family, whatever, and then it all just going away for one reason or another and having to be faced with the, the task of rebuilding and what that was like, because it's a, um, it's something that I know a lot of people in the audience are going through. It's a real part of life and it shouldn't be ignored. It also reminds you about just, just what people are dealing with. Everyday people are dealing with. And uh, already, just from posting it today, there's been a couple of just in, incredible and, um, and harrowing stories that, that, that were put up there. These are things that you can learn a lot from. And I can't wait to hear the kind of calls that come in that night. Those are always my favorite. And a night that we're working off of a thread like that, to have calls coming in, and to, uh, and to feel that, that's a great thing. It really is. Okay, we're going to go on a really quick break. When we come back, Rich Barris will hopefully be here. So don't go anywhere.
2: Just came on cable access and hung out, or what your actual employment was?
3: I come on public access and hang out. I'm on 24 hours a day, they say. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty close. Well, I can assure you I don't make any money off public access. I oh, can yeah. guarantee you that. Well, you guys have a good one. Hey, appreciate that call. Hello, caller, you on the air? Yes, Alice, How you doing? Pretty good. I was just kind of curious
2: uh, uh, if it's true that uh, the police can uh, have uh, laser, laser uh, or infrared uh, beams, if you if you want to call it, and they can project those into your house to basically
3: yeah. The Austin Here, Police it. Department's uh, last time I heard has twenty units with infrared. And if you have enough of a heat source in your house, it'll it'll pick up the heat source and show a signature. It's called Flare. It's 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 infrared or heat signature, and and uh, we didn't play all of the uh, of the cut from the leers uh, from the uh, Lear news hour, but it says yes, black helicopters um, are being used for surveillance of the public by sheriff's departments and police departments around the country. So that's real, and I'm going to play that tomorrow night from 8:30 uh, on past 10 on my. Access television show that's actually my show proper, just as a, a, a entertainment show, and I'm going to have a tax expert on. So you'll see the Lair News Hour, a short little cut for for news reasons. That'll show you Lair News Hour saying, "Yeah, here's the black helicopters. The military uh, has sold them to the police departments all over the country. They've got thousands of them. They've got thousands of tanks and armored personnel carriers now. And uh, they don't say, by the way, all these people that have been kooks for 10 years telling you about it. Now they're admitting they have black helicopters." It's a fact.
0: You're listening to Quite Frankly. Canon AE-1. A camera so advanced, so simple, even Stevie Wonder can use it. Watch as Stevie photographs top tennis star John Newcomb.
4: Oh my <laughs> The Canon AE-1 Oh, so
1: simple, anyone can use it.
4: Excuse me sir, how are you doing? Pretty good. My name is David. I'm a photographer. Oh. I go around taking free pictures of strangers. I think it'd be an honor if I can take a picture of you. You could take a picture, but I'm not that interested. It'll be just a portrait. It'll be quick and easy. No problem. Oh, that's for, sm- school or something?
0: for me, I create content. I make videos, short videos. No, that's where, pretty cool. where I go up to strangers, ask for a picture, and then just post the results. Well, let's do it. i just okay. just one right here. You don't have to move. One more with you smiling.
1: Yeah, I'm getting old. I love QFTV. Yep, you're cool. So I love QFTV. Yep, yep, you're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say, what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays,
0: Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. yeah. Oh, you're definitely only on QuiteFriendly.tv, powered by Foxhole. All right. So, that was my break. That was the one I was saving for the second half of the show. But um, uh, I I don't know where Rich is. And I confirmed uh, before. So, what, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go into uh, Russia, I, but I, I, hear, I don't want to start it because I don't know if he's going to show up at just some random time and then break up the entire thing. And there's a, there's a lot that has to be spoken about here. So let's just open up the, the lines, I guess, and give him a little bit more time since uh, it's only a couple of minutes until we're at the top of the hour crazy how things just go by, no? 914-595-6953. How was your weekend? What did you notice? What's been going by? Uh, what's been happening with you? I just want to see what people are thinking. doesn't matter what. The lines are open. 914-595-6953. Come ahead. Call ahead. Call Uncle Frank, Cousin Frank, whatever I've become in your house. And let's just get this going. 914-595-6953. Welcome aboard. There's also the spooky storyline that has been made a permanent. We've got a permanent um, fixture there in the the other room on Discord. So you can go ahead and talk there. Uh, shake and bake. What's on your your mind tonight? Oh,
4: just election stuff. You know, just like just because it's, it's getting so close. And the, the one thing that when you, again, if, if Rich comes on today, the one thing that I, is always on my mind when you have him on your show is, you know, I'm pretty sure that all of the Dominion electronic voting manipulation infrastructure is still very present. And uh, that's what really concerns me. But uh, the, the, the guest that you had, her name escapes me right now, but the guest that you had last week, um, she, she was of the opinion, which I'm kind of leering towards that opinion myself is that there's not going to be election because you know they they overplayed their hand and they have a lot of eyes on them and i'm just like well you know certainly not here in oregon as far as i know but again the united states is a big country and you have your six problem states so hopefully there's you know watchdogs watching but you know if someone does get caught there has to be consequences and we saw very little of that
0: well I, I I'm with you on that res- in, in in the respect shake and bake that i uh i don't really have any very big hopes or that are have been invested in getting a certain kind of result i'm more so interested in what happens around the world at that time uh, what is going to what how uh what we are going to be made to live through around major events like an election um uh, you, you know i i i'll throw a vote towards some people's way just for out of tradition but um as we talk about on this show the one thing to keep really in in uh in mind is that wherever you are locally those are the most important elections and there are people in this audience who uh really have a a good situation because their town their state their county uh, maybe they're they're not in a very responsible state but they live in a really good county they have a great sheriff and they're insulated even from their state government that's great that's good stuff uh, th- there are th- there are plenty of places in this country where election night is going to be a very liberty affirming thing and life is going to go on for those who uh, who care the most about preserving that kind of a a, a life um, as far as everything else goes it's really just an observation game for people like me. I'm interested to see what is going to creep into frame from off stage because I really just think that the charade is uh, the, we are not long for this charade and I, I'm waiting I'm just waiting to see what happens uh, in 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 act whatever act we're about to enter into not necessarily act two or three we've been in this we've been we've been down this road a while now so when does the next act start and how how incredible is it going to be i don't know but there's one guy that we can ask and it's this man right here it's rich barris rich how you feeling tonight man
1: let me make sure i can hear him okay
0: oh. i hear you this is
1: <laughs> crazy oh. can you hear me gotta do what i gotta do to get from my on my boy Frank. are you all right Oh man, that was just—I had my daughter's dance thing, and oh. sometimes these dance instructors, uh, you know, they, they don't respect the boundaries of time. all oh. right but that's how they get better. But uh, Laura was supposed to shoot you a text, and she said she did, but it was probably late.
0: Um, oh, I didn't see it Yeah,
1: I'm here. I'm here, brother.
0: Either way, I'm so—I mean, you know, those dance, for, those dance uh, and music instructors—they're perfectionists. I guess that—I th- I guess that's good in a way. You One know. more
1: time. One more time. <laughs> that's One it. One more time.
0: <laughs> Just one, oh, just one more. Uh, is she is she just doing what like free uh, freestyle dancing or anything like that, or, or is she going to be doing uh, you know figure skating? That sometimes that all goes together.
1: Oh, it's oh, it's crazy. She does uh, ballet because it's the foundation of it all, and then tap. Uh, she does like a hip hop freestyle, and they're com- she's in competitive. So you know it, it's it's a regiment. It's her, and I'm super proud of her because and she's also a great student. And in order to keep up with all of that, Frank, you have to have a work ethic. And she got that from her daddy, no doubt. Indeed. Uh, you know, she gets up at 6 o'clock every morning, does what she has to do, burns in both candles until at the end of, you know, sometimes it's a late night. You know, so I'm, pr- I'm super proud of her for it. But it's, it's a regime, man. It's a regiment.
0: I like without it. Without a doubt. I like it. Me well, too. They will it teach her good things. Absolutely, especially if she adopts some of Daddy's work ethic. That is a, a very, very good thing. Um, uh, otherwise, yeah. it, it, as, far as, as far as your work goes, I mean, we've got, we've got plenty to say and not a lot of time to say it in, at this point because it's so late in the month and we're getting closer and closer. Let me ask you first about last week's finale with Steve Bannon, and the four-month uh, sentence, and then, of course, the immediate subpoena of Trump. It's obvious, yep. it's obvious what the play is, the, the escalation of this January 6th production here. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, what, what do you think? This is how they are seeking to legitimize their scam. How is it playing with people, and what do you think kind of an impact it's going to have on, on their overall objectives?
1: You know, I think actually it could probably backfire on them. I really do. Uh, But I, and I've been thinking about this. You know, they know they're not in a good position. I think they fooled themselves into thinking they may actually buck history. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I actually believe they tried to create this environment intentionally because you have one first-term incumbent midterm where the president's party, the Empower Party, was able to buck the midterm curse. And um, that is uh, George W. Bush, but it was after 9-11. So, look, I just drove taking her home. I just drove by a giant billboard that said, vote Democrat because democracy seen society depends on it. This is the environment they're trying to create. Now, of course, they're going to get their butts kicked here, you know, but this is their national message. And I've been thinking, why haven't they just, you know, the Bill Clinton party is done. It is dead. It doesn't exist anymore. They're more like, they're, forget about triangulation or pivoting, what we remember about Bill Clinton's years. This is not that party. And they don't, they don't triangulate. They don't pivot. They're like, cornered animals and they lash out even more and it was funny i was talking to the guys from rasmussen um you know we pulled pennsylvania we're about to pull it again this week uh they pulled it just released a close governor race close senate race uh with both uh mastriano and oz closing from their last number but the presidential election isn't that close frank it's not in pennsylvania i had trump up by seven wow they have him up by six Nobody leads in Pennsylvania by margins like that. Not in real polling, folks, the media polls with the Biden plus uh sixes to twelves. That's hallucin. That's like you took hallucinogenics and then tried to process your plus politics. seven though. All right. That's, that's, that's huge. not real. You know, so I have never in my entire life uh, in this career ever polled a presidential race in Pennsylvania, Frank, that was outside the sampling era of the survey. That's how close that state has been in the modern era. Not anymore. It's not. So why I think, why are they doing this? Why aren't they pivoting? I don't think they believe they have a choice. I really do think that's where we're at. And they have to do something to Trump. They have to continue full bore with this January 6th because they're done. And they 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 bet it all on abortion and January 6th, and nobody gives a damn. Did you see the MSNBC
2: panel Uh on
1: voters uh, on January 6th? I mean, it was a total joke. Well, it, it, this is what happens when you're not just speaking to yourself. That's what ha- that MSNBC panel that's making its round. That's what happens when you're not just speaking to yourself and your own base. You run up against people who know that's a fraud. They know you're exaggerated. They know when you say a cop was killed that day, you're lying to them and they will call you out on it, right? So they know Donald Trump because they heard his speech. They know Donald Trump said, let's peacefully move to the Capitol, right? They know it's crap. So they, are, they spent all of this time invested in that because I believe they knew eventually the jig would be up.
0: And uh, that's, that's it. I mean, Rich, for you to even describe to me, if I'm thinking about any, I don't know, any... Uh, it's just incredible to think of a state that can go for one candidate in 2020 and then within yeah. two years be plus seven for the other. Uh, it, yeah. it, it just it it casts such a bigger question mark. I mean, there's no questions that that are have been uh, unanswered pretty much with Pennsylvania. There's just been no judge that has taken it seriously enough to adjudicate the whole situation. So, I mean, it yeah. just it it goes to show. And when it with this this uh, these subpoenas and and Bannon, it's amazing for me to think about how rare it is to to ever have someone go to jail for being held in contempt of congress i don't know if it ever happened before or maybe once or t- i have no once, clue once
1: once we actually did look at it it was many years ago it was during mccarthyism uh they they put somebody uh they held him in contempt and uh gave him a stint uh he was a suspected uh traitor and communist um but it wasn't it wasn't normal before it was, you know, so do you really want to mirror the error of the Red Scare? I mean, you know, well, <laughs> is well, that what you aspire to be? No, no, espe- especially
0: is. when you turn a blind eye to someone like Eric Holder. I've heard that brought Lois up. Lois Lerner. I always bring that Eric- up. Mm-hmm. Eric, no, Eric Holder being held in contempt yeah. of Congress over Fast and Furious he was running drugs into mexican drug lords hands those those guns not only killed at least one border patrol agent god Brian knows Terry. how god knows how many uh, mexicans uh, it killed but it also i think judicial watch reported sometime around 2015 or 16 that at least one of those fast and furious guns were even found in france after the paris shooting at that concert wow you know and this well, is a... I wouldn't e- yeah. Frank, that
1: wouldn't surprise me because anybody who really does know anything about, uh, you know, organized crime, uh, you know, for and it, only stupid elitists would think that would be a good idea and that somehow the, that wasn't going to end up with real-world deaths of people. Of course it was. Uh, you know, and then they tried to blame. He did what he always did, which was blame Bush, and we know that program was discontinued and Fashion Furious was on his own. But, yeah, you had Lois Lerner. You had, uh, you know, all of these bad actors. That are acting in favor of the administrative state. Eric Holter, the only attorney general ever to be held in contempt of Congress. Uh, Lois Lerner, absolutely targeted using the IRS people who you know who, uh, don't hold her political beliefs. And then all of the bad state actors: the Peter Bakers, the Lisa, Peter Strux, the Lisa Pages. All of these people are walking around right now scot free. In fact some of them are on major cable news networks pretending to be pundits uh as if they're not just op- agents operatives of the deep state uh, whatever you want to call it the administrative state the deep state it's this is it's this is the dangerous stuff that's going to happen in our society that concerns me but it is also a, a reason why i think you know a lot of this is just economics republicans and our generic ballot really started to, um, not take the lead, they retook a bigger lead because they had a lead this entire year, Frank, that's the truth. And then during the summer, it it tightened, but it tightened because of some of these educated independents who were kind of like wafting a little bit. Women were uh, you know, tied throughout the spring and then they went back to the Democrat or not even, it, it was a mirage is my point, it was a mirage. And now we have women almost tied again, while men are a huge uh, margin for Republicans. Uh, We're looking at you know 2010 and 2014 gender gaps, which mean they don't really exist. They win Republicans over. I mean, they win men overwhelmingly Republicans, but women are much closer. Um, So it was really more of a return to the fold. And I I I really do think that even myself, uh, we're all going to miss some of this vote. That really does see what we're talking about, and they just, you know, I I can't tell you how many people, and I'm sure other pollsters who are being honest still admit it as well, other people that tell us when we call them, Frank, or we try to contact them to poll, they don't want to take the poll because they don't know who I am. And they, you know, they think, well, you may dox me. I may get doxed. Um, you know, you may end up passing my name over to uh, the Justice Department because you're a pollster for CNN or something. I mean, so there's a, a, a real phenomenon here that's happening that's going to make it difficult for all of us to catch all, this entire move. And these people are going to have their say, Frank. They're going to have their say. And just I want to say about Steve Bannon, it's a stain. This is a stain on our history even you know the, the the subpoenaing of the president two words Frank executive privilege now all of a sudden it doesn't exist anymore. Frank it doesn't exist anymore because why it's Donald Trump We're gonna burn it all down because they hate Donald Trump this much. This is insane and people know it's insane and that's their uh, that's their mistake
0: yeah. I mean, you're it's very... too
1: late to correct it now, friend. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. For you, you you very rightly brought up Lois Lerner, uh, Eric Holder. And meanwhile, Steve Bannon gets four months for refusing to play footsie with Liz Cheney. So, I mean, just, and you know, as far as your, your, as far as your, your, uh, your comments there about the ebb and flow of the, uh, the national polling, how it tightened during yeah. the summer. That tightening during the summer, is that what all of these headlines – because if we were to go back two or three weeks, I think I brought this up with you in, in a prior episode, but a lot of the headlines were saying 75% chance that the Democrats take the Senate or 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 keep the Senate and widen their lead. Uh, seventy whatever they're going they're going nuts with how this is going to be yes. a, a beautiful, beautiful thing, blah blah blah, and abortion no is wave, real, even. yeah, blue tsunami. that's what they' were saying. and and I I was wondering, how the hell is this happening? Uh, obviously it's it's all bullshit because it 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 does not jive with what we can actually see and feel uh, in, in in real life. But then, Something started happening and now we are seeing people say well Democrats We peaked a couple of weeks ago and yeah. now now everybody's I mean uh Chunk hunger from the young yeah. Turks is going nuts. Everybody's very very scared about what's going to happen So when you talk about that tightening over the summer, was that the so-called peak or what?
1: Well, and I think again but I think what happened is that and people know this this is an industry-wide problem that has been a long-term problem for us everybody behaves differently and the summer polling gets screwy you know and it's a shame that some of them didn't hold their ground because going into uh you know the summer um there were People I even respect, you know, writing newsletters saying, look, we're not going to move Georgia. Um, you know, we we think that Ted Budd's going to pretty easily carry that state. I think everybody thinks Raphael Warnock is done. Uh, but, you know, summer polling is going to get screwy. So we want to warn you about that. And that what they're speaking to is a response bias. Everyone behaves differently. Republicans observe holidays at a higher rate. Republicans are married and have children more than Democrats are. I hate to, I'm not saying this to offend anybody. It is the truth. Republicans lead more <clears throat> family-oriented, fulfilled lives. I, all right. I mean, it's just true. So yeah. when the summer comes along, they don't want to talk to a pollster, Frank. They want to go to the beach with their family. They want to go down to the pool. They want to go on vacation. They want to have a barbecue. All right. And I'm not saying Democrats don't do these things. I'm saying they don't do them at the rates that Republicans do, and they don't prioritize politics and polls the way democrats do democrats are always the first ones to want to take an interview frank there always are um, they'll spend 20 minutes on the phone with you talking, giving you their life story and telling you about how educated they are and how smart they are and why they're going to vote for a certain candidate republicans feel like i don't have the time for that crap i'd rather live my own life so i don't want to speak and you really have to go them into doing it anyway it's, look, they're more liberal. They're more and liberal in the New Age definition of the word, not the classical definition. And conservatives are, guess what, more conservative. So it's just something that's natural and it does have an impact. But in the summer, it's widely known. And yet, every freaking year. We do this and 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 we run this scam on people where we pretend like there's this Democrat surge. I, I remember it in 2014. I remember it in 16. I remember it in 18. I remember it in 20. I remember it even before 2014. Yeah, and it's the same scam over and over and over. And the very same people who acknowledge that this is true were the first ones to move that race in Georgia to basically likely, likely Democrats. As if it's not a runoff state, and Warnock doesn't need to get to 50%. As if the state of Georgia is very clear. If you don't make it as an incumbent to 50 in your first round, you're done. That is the history of Georgia. But yet, they ignored all that, and they just pretended as if, you know, there was something happening that wasn't really happening. But if you thought that Dobbs was the primary reason that primary vote chairs changed a little bit and Democrats did better than expectations, not better than what should have been expected, but better than the expectations set in places like Minnesota 1, New York 19, right? New York even 21. Um, If you think that's what happened, then why right now is the generic ballot a bigger Republican lead than it was before the summer? Why? Nationally, I'm talking about the aggregate lead was 2.3 before the so-called Dobbs. I mean, the, before the Dobbs momentum shift uh, pushed everything in favor of Democrats. The generic ballot was R plus 2.3. Today it's R plus three and a half. Wow. So
0: what
1: what happened here? If Dobbs was such a factor, so are you I don't t- think they peaked. Frank, right? they spent money and it was a response bias.
0: Are you telling me that this this headline from Axios about here's the scoop? Dem- Did it? Democrats deploy Biden and Obama to lock down Pennsylvania. How this? They, they try. Didn't they send Obama and Oprah and everybody they had in their war chest to try to get Stacey Abrams to get elected? And they couldn't budge her. Um, oh, who can budge her? But again, they couldn't do anything for that woman. <laughs> what do they think sending Obama and the geriatric to Pennsylvania? especially the way that it's trending, as you're saying right now, is that, I'm I'm telling you, I I fear it's all just for looks because they just have some other operation that they're going to run, and they wanted to make it seem like their presence is warranted because there actually is a fight to be had.
1: Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it's closer than it should be because they they couldn't engineer a victory, uh, or they couldn't engineer a Trump defeat right now. He's so ahead in that state. There aren't enough things to do, Frank. Okay. That's how much of a lead Trump has. So th- what I would say, however, is that the Senate race and the governor's race should really not be that close either. All right. It's the case, however, that Oz, um, Oz took a beating when um, Fetterman had a stroke and nobody wanted to hit on Fetterman. And Oz was just getting bludgeoned from the primary to the general. And then it took some time. But come September, he started to fight back. He started to spend money. I do think, uh, you know, ignore the CNN poll you saw today, folks. And I never really say ignore, you know, that is, uh, you know, I just had Simon Rosenberg block me on Twitter for calling him out. I mean, a few hours before that CNN poll broke, you could see all of these Democratic strategists on Twitter, blue checkers, obviously, and we know this from WikiLeaks, but obviously CNN, uh, you know, coordinated this with them and they knew it was coming because they were, they were telegraphing it, and they were actually arguing that the polling averages are distorted right now because they're filled with right-wing pollsters. Frank, this industry is 98% left-wing. There's like four of us who aren't leftists. Everybody else who works for the national media, who works for universities, there's not a single conservative university pollster, not one. Not one. There's one that I know who's fair, and he himself probably leans to the right, but he's scared to death of the media, and he's scared to death of five-turn fake. So he is, in all in essence, a liberal, right? So they were telegraphing that some other polling in Pennsylvania was going to make it look better for them. Look, CNN, uh, what, understated Donald Trump's support in the state of Pennsylvania by 8, 10 points? In you know what you know what uh, really was the the tell Ron Johnson's only up by one in their poll in Wisconsin because they did a round of Midwest polling. Ron Johnson is was up by three in our poll a month ago. He's going to have expanded his lead because we're doing it right now. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Johnson plus five plus six it's a big lead hmm. It's the biggest lead we've ever seen for him. So the fact that they only have Johnson up by one was their, like, cover-your-butt poll. This way, when Johnson wins by six, right, and Oz eats it out by a half a point or one point, they can pretend that they kind of just understated middle-class vote by a little bit. You know, and they could say, well, we got Wisconsin, right? We weren't that far off in Pennsylvania. And Rasmussen just released a poll, like I said, in Pennsylvania. They're off by, uh, and we've been actually really close in some of these states, it's the two-point race, with more undecided on the governor side than on the Senate side. Um, that's really it.
0: You see, and uh, it, it, it's t- it, what you're describing, Rich. It would be one thing if these were just people you're talking about who are bad at their job it's so much worse because no, you're talking
1: that was intentional this time yeah this it, it's
0: so much worse when you when you realize this is a psychological game and they they yeah. work in these circular patterns to bring people to certain points of despair and ill gotten right. and, and between despair and ill-gotten confidence it's so it what you're describing is is just incredible when you think about the psychological aspect that is all absolutely intentional
1: Frank, five days before the election, 2018, Gillum plus 13, Frank, plus 13. They actually tried to tell us in 2018, this is that pollster, that Claire McCaskill was going to hold on in the state of Missouri against now Senator Josh Howley because Howley stomped her and she is no longer a senator. They actually made the case... That their polling showed Phil Bradenson was a popular Democrat in the state of Tennessee. And you know what? Marsha Blackburn may be in trouble here. We all thought this was going to be a Republican seat, and she was going to win it pretty easily. But he's a moderate Democrat and a former governor, and this is a tied race, ladies and gentlemen. It's a tied race. Go and look at the CNN poll. You think I'm BSing you? I am not. And it wasn't a tied race. She beat him by 13 points. This is this is what they do all the time. And if you think I'm lying, folks, I can't p- pull it up and show you because when I started to call him out on it, he blocked me. Go look at Simon's feed and you will see he absolutely, him he's not alone. He absolutely knew that that CNN poll was coming and that was garbage. That was intended for a psychological effect for their donors and their voters. The, the generic ballot, is not plus six and Harvard. Emerson's plus five. We're plus five. Trafalgar's plus five. Rasmussen's plus four. Folks, in an R plus five environment, all right, John Fetterman is not going to win the Senate race by five to eight points. Me, okay? I don't want to say it on Frank's show, but I'm over it.
0: Right? You can say I whatever. i so over it. I don't and care. And over
1: the people who are like, Rich, what do you think about this poll? I think you should print it Waste your if you care so much about it then waste your printer ink printing it out take it with you to the bathroom and wipe your ass with it because that's all it's good for
0: oh man God. yeah no it's it, I I think that's why uh, that's why I I, I I just scroll over anything that's not done by you rich that's just what it is and and you know I trying
1: uh, to tell people Frank and I'm just why why do you why do you do this to yourself every year
0: I don't know. I don't know, because there's so much more. There's so much more. Once you get get done fighting about what polls are right, then you actually have to wait for the election day. Then you're fighting over what was going yeah. on on the ground in these individual districts, if there's any anomalies. and It's an endless fight, and it's always endless strife. There's just nothing fun about it at all. Um, and, and, you know, and when we got off the air last time, you were on with us last Monday, and by Tuesday morning you texted me about Quinnipiac, reported on some pretty telling telling trends in the state of New York. What do we have going on here?
1: Frank, and across the pond, Fetterman's going to take it by eight? Are you kidding me? Across the freaking Delaware, Fetterman's about to take the state by eight while Kathy Hochul is about to lose to Lee Zeldon. Oh, the, the, co- the coefficient poll is been tracking this race for so for people who want to mock it and look, not every poll's perfect. It's you know no polls perfect, but at least it's apples to apples with coefficient. Quinnipiac is a little bit screwy. One one month, they look like they're doing something crazy. The next month, they... But the fact is, they had the race in New York uh, for governor uh, quite, you know, a a blowout in the beginning. And then it got clear that Hochul was uh, a little bit closer, but still double digits. And now they only had Hochul up by four. All right, so Trafalgar, who was the only one to recognize that the race in uh, New Jersey was close. Uh, he was the first one to shine a light on New York. Like, look, this is something's going on here. If in the Quinnipiac poll, Frank, what I was trying to tell you when in that text, I did a little bit of basic math. You have sampling errors for the entire survey. So the sampling error for the survey is plus or minus four points, right? Something like that. But you also have subgroup errors that are larger. So sampling errors for subgroups are larger. For men, maybe it's eight and a half instead of four. For women, maybe it's 8.4, right? If the overall sampling error is four. And then you have regions. And they broke it down in New York City, uh, the five bar Burrows, the burbs, right? Um, they had upstate region. Even if the burbs are off, not by the subgroup error, but by the overall sampling error, and Zeldin does two, two points better than they have him doing in the five boroughs, he absolutely can win that race. Wow. I mean, mathematically, mathematically, it can happen. And I know, uh, look, I've been very skeptical, but when you're losing independence by that many points, and it is not just one poll, again, guys, it is not. The Maris poll doesn't surprise me that they had Hokel up. I think it was about six or eight. They don't wait for education and they don't get region correct. Which is why they had biden winning florida by like eight points um you know they're they're in in the true sense the very old way of doing things and that just doesn't cut it anymore so even with marist having it still a single digit race should tell you that this race really is close and coefficient their last poll was uh plus eight even though we could see a titan and now their tracking poll is zeldin plus one plus one Whoa. I mean, Frank. It's real. That's it, a... It's real because, again, Democrats didn't just. Dis- they just decided they weren't going to speak to the issues this time.
0: Oh, it, they it, just decided, it's an incredible. We're going
1: to talk to ourselves
0: it's it's an incredible it, well you know what that worked for a while when they had more people that they can count on to sit around and listen in their little kumbaya circle but they don't yeah. have that anymore they're becoming more and more myopic and more singular in their in, in their in their in their uh, objectives it's just so one dimensional and it's so barbaric for that one dimension to be on the murdering of children at, uh, for just for contraceptive purposes it's and to have to lie constantly about it it's just the worst one dimension you could be and uh and they they just don't i guess it's not maybe it's not that they don't care perhaps they don't but they have no choice um before i ask you about a particular race in Nevada that I don't know if you 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 might have been covering it but it's a uh, a a friend of the shows we interviewed her in 2020 when she was running for a state seat and now she's running for US Congress I want to talk to you about some things that happened because perhaps you can keep her on your on your uh, radar going forward is there anything outside of these big ticket uh, stories Pennsylvania Arizona Georgia New York things like that Uh, and of course the 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 deeper reddening of Uh, florida is there anything outside of those big stories that you think people should really really think about it doesn't even have to do with polling it's just anything that your attention has been drawn to what do you uh what do you want people to pay attention to more if you could if you could suggest
1: yeah i think frank that the shift um with those there are two things that really could spell a wipeout for democrats and you know, I mean, I guess this overlaps with polling, but I, I think that this does matter. And I did bring up miami date on Twitter earlier today because I do think with some of the data we're collecting, that miami date is going to fall this year. I thought maybe it would take a little bit longer, um, especially if Trump was the nominee in 2024. It would definitely fall because they love him. Uh, but I think it's going to happen this time. And overall, I'm talking – you brought up your your friend is running in Nevada – the generic ballot in Nevada was in, in our polling when we did the Senate and the governor's race was, oh, it, you know, typically it's very close. Um, and this time, I mean, it was you know, single digits still, but it was still a, a stronger single digits. And we know the white vote was the undecided vote. And they're going to expand. It's going to be a much wider margin for Democrats than our, I mean, for Republicans, excuse me, than our polls showed. But this problem, you know, especially in some of these urban areas and in Nevada, it's Clark County, Frank, the Hispanic vote coupled with the educated and I mean I don't mean post grad because they're just, you know, in a world of their own, brother. I don't know what else to say. But Mm -hmm. as a group, they're in a world of their own, literally. Because now four year degrees and down um Are voting Republican, and even you know, our uh, the four-year alone, got much more Republican in this latest poll. You know, you just coupled that. What does that mean for a state like Nevada? It means Washoe County is going to swing back against Democrats because it used to be a Republican stronghold. Democrats were able to flip it. That's where Reno is, and that's how they are able to win that that state statewide. You know, if you can't win Washoe and you're trailing in Clark by like five or six, you're done. You're not going to win. If you can win Washoe or fight it to a draw and get within, you know, 46% in Clark and with big royal turnout, you may be able to do it. If those things combined, a state like Nevada is a perfect example because those two things being combined uh, could spell a really bad night for uh you know for for democrats and you know without getting too much in the weeds it's just simply because of the way the demographics are in these country in this country their post-grads are concentrated in blue areas frank you know so when you get out into the suburbs and you get out into the excerpts even and more obviously more rural areas then you're going to look at you know people who have four-year degrees and down and then even in some areas it's more like you know some college and down very working class areas outside of that so they're just the map the house map gets very ugly if you even tie if you're a democrat and you're even tied with the republican with four-year degrees because um it, that you know and i wouldn't ex- i wouldn't expect the college voter to hold if that four-year degree goes Republican this year again, or if it tightens considerably. I would expect them to swing back and forth. They've been doing it for years. But the Hispanic undertones of all of this, this could be, like, Frank, think about it. They let in tens of millions of people thinking that they would be a permanent underclass that they could control and get to vote for them forever and ever and ever. And it would be a little bit ironic if it turned out that that demographic – spelled their political demise i've been i've know? been
0: praying for it i've been praying for it openly for years i said it, it, it would be i said i knew i knew what cultural overlap we had between family right. family and right. religion and all that i knew the overlaps we had i said if there's any way is there any way that information and history could just get to them you, because they, they never were, were really uh in uh shown what the U.S. is, where, why we, why we are who we are, how we got started, what the philosophy was. They weren't given a crash course in anything. They were brought in, as you said, to hopefully become a permanent, dependent underclass. And before our very eyes, they're starting to realize that, holy shit, uh, we are slipping into a, a realm that looks oddly familiar, and I've yeah. had enough of this. Yeah
1: yeah i think you just i really do think you just nailed it so what happened you know they it's true unlike other waves mass waves of migrants whether illegal or legal um most others were brought in and uh given at least a government crash course on civics and the history of the united states frank now the government is so crazy that even if they were to, were to get it, they would probably be taught that Jefferson was a rapist and Washington was a, a slave owner. I mean, that's probably what they would hear outside of what, like my great-grandfather and grandfather heard, totally different story, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, though, you pointed out, which is during their political maturation in the 03 to 04 and 05 areas, they actually were getting more and more Republican. That was happening. And then what happened? The economic catastrophe happened it disproportionately hurt them thank you george w bush and the rest of the bushyite wing and the mccain wing of the republican party they single-handedly drove hispanics into the arms of the democratic party under Barack obama and what they thought was like the foreseeable future but under them you know they had good times under trump even if they voted for biden we're hearing this all the time i had it good under trump i should have voted for donald trump uh, now I would vote for him in a heartbeat. Joe Biden, they thought was gonna be like this level, you know, level-headed, return to like normal kind of guy. Remember what they saw them as? In the pandemic, we're gonna get the economy back up and running. Even though everyone, you know, was on the right, pretty much knew that was a scam, the average voter did not. And now what's happening again, it's economic. You know, and I, I bring this up, talk, speaking of the Silver State Poll, an Hispanic voter in Clark County told me, and I've been saying this and repeating it to everybody, like, I just don't have time to learn their new pronouns and all the other crazy things that they can apparently afford to do with their time. I can't. You know what inflation is in Clark County, Nevada? It's like twice the national average.
0: I got so, so then you've got to know about this then. you got to know about this uh, because um, April Becker – she was, she was running for Nevada state, oh, Congre- yeah. a, a state congressional seat in 2020, and it had something very familiar happen to her. She had a lead, nice lead, over the course of a week. We saw that lead whittle away to a deficit. The local GOP did not give her any support. Well, anyway, uh, she was on this show after, after the 2020 election. She was actually the only politician we, we interviewed. And um, now she's running for the U.S. Congress against, uh, what's her name, Lee? I think I think it have a where where is it it is um, talking about two right she's in con- congressional district three it's in Clark County three okay yeah okay, so it, she is in Clark County it's April Becker versus Susie Lee Nevada third Nevada uh, third congressional district well
1: we just ran this she's that's right
0: so she's running she's running that now she just turned up this the greatest thing here because like you said they will come at you some
1: update on you for this I can't wait to
0: hear it because she can't that you just said depending on who you are they're gonna come at you with knives bared. And they're coming down. Well, they tried to run a big-time October smear on her, uh, obviously because they're a single-issue party. No matter where in the country they are, they wanted to come at her for being some kind of a, uh, some kind of an abortion abortion extremist on the opposite side of wanting to limit abortion. Um, well, so they sent this doctor out against her. A Democrat ad uses a doctor. His name is Dr. Adam Levy. She was just, April Becker was about to turn this around into her own October surprise because the doctor that they used, the Democrats used to attack her on women's health care and all that stuff, was actually a, uh, he, he killed a woman he b- through a botched abortion and was also charged oh, with sex God. crimes against children. So she, oh. so she, she asked the question. I can't believe this guy's allowed to be around kids. Let alone, why are they, why are Democrats using this murderous uh, pedophile as a, uh, <laughs> as a, as a weapon of attack against her? So she, I, the what, what jujitsu over there for a, a, a woman who has run a campaign with not a lot of help over the last two years? Um, what a, uh, what an amazing turn of events. What do you know about the third uh, congressional district in Clark County?
1: So interestingly I I actually did not know that about Lee uh but we did run uh the generic ballot uh, you know who you're going to vote for uh Republican or Democrat and the reason why we did it is because it was a statewide poll so then we obviously look at it by district and we actually she she was up just over just under uh 3 points so it was uh she had a lead of 2 po- it's 2.8% with her if we're going to round it's really her. At, it's it's uh her at 47 and Lee at 44. If we round, but it's 2.7. You know how we always do that. It's you know, we uh, look. Elections are not decided by whole numbers, so I don't like releasing polls that are whole numbers. And rounding actually can be a little bit um, misleading sometimes. So we like to put it, put it, the tens of percentage points out there. But that's a perfect example of a district where. Look, if Republicans had like a one-point lead on the generic ballot or a two-point lead statewide, then that district would probably be like D plus one or D plus two. But because the lead on the generic ballot is now a little bit over three points and it's not coming, again, we're going to find the same thing, which I know a lot of people are going to have some, a field day with, but ultimately I think we'll be vindicated. Most of the shift to the right that we're seeing in Nevada is actually coming from Clark County washoe which was the republican stronghold it's it's whiter um it's also more asian it's more asian and more educated so we're actually not seeing we, we are seeing a shift to the right in washoe but it's just not as much of a shift as we're seeing in clark county and uh it will be again if it happens it'll be on the backs of working hispanics so uh generically uh in that district uh, she's got a lead. And I can actually tell you the other ones, too, uh, because they're all pretty close here. Uh, let's see. There are, let's see, Nevada 4 was, I think that may be the one that actually had a, nope. Nevada 4 is forty six, forty six, which, by the way, should be a Democrat area. It's a toss-up right now, um, but it should be, you know, pretty much a, and the other one that was R plus 1 is Nevada 1, which was Titus 4. Uh, you know, in real clear politics, he's now down 45, 44. So, I mean, it's, I mean, this is a big, it's a big change because especially how uh, Democrats redistrict, And you know, they, I, I think that's, Nevada is a great state where I think Republicans could have did a better job, you know, instead of concentrating their rural vote, um, Republicans were able to, I mean, Democrats were able to pull off slices of urban areas and kind of stuff them in with some, some more redder suburban areas. And hmm. rural, you know, but look, can't begrudge them for it. They fight to win, you know, Democrats fight to win. They did it in uh, Oregon, uh, New Mexico, Nevada, even in uh, North Carolina, where Republicans did have a good map that everybody agreed to. They had a, uh, you know, definitely a map that favored them but that's because everybody statewide seemed to understand that eastern north carolina was undercounted by the census it's not a conspiracy theory uh everyone pretty much understands that's happened uh and the governor and the democrats made a ploy in the budget they lost that ploy so the price of that the political price was to agree to that map so what did they do they got the supreme court to over overtake it overturn the state supreme court which they're in danger of losing right now by the way uh you know if republicans take that court it's so important, these judicial races, Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. really are. Yeah. Because Republicans have pushed things like voter reform, the redistricting map is another perfect example. They were fighting transgender bathrooms before it was cool to fight that in schools. And every time, this very radical, and it is radical, compared to the, the what the voters of North Carolina believe, the court is radical. Um, they just kept stepping in and undoing referendums things that passed overwhelmingly in the legislature uh so if republicans take those two seats this election uh you know the, the democrats will really have nowhere to go because it is possible and i know a lot of people were talking about north carolina today but a lot of i, I spoke to a democratic strategist last week in uh pitt county well-known guy and he's like look we're, we're about to lose we're, we're about to lose so bad here you, you you're gonna see republican super majorities and Governor Cooper's veto is gonna be worthless, and if Republicans take, you know, he was I asked about the Senate race, and he was like, that's not even the problem here in North Carolina. The problem is if we lose both those judgeships, and then, because we are facing potential wipeout in the state legislatures, then we're gonna have no way to protect Cooper's veto, and we're going to, uh, you know, have no way to deal with even normal Republican wins that we have seen, whether it was voter ID or whatever it may have been, they have always been able to run to that court and say, hey, do us a favor and overturn this. We mm-hmm. couldn't beat them at the ballot box. We couldn't beat them in, you know, in the sausage-making process. Do us a favor. Do your activism role and overturn this. And they would. Wow. Um, but now uh, it's looking like that's going to be the end of the road. So North Carolina, think about that. When the CDC comes to impose that mandate on your children and Governor Cooper decides it's a good idea because he wants federal government money. So he's going to make a push to, you know, jab your kids for them to attend public school. Remember that. Remember
0: I think a lot that. of I think a lot of people are rich and I appreciate your time here again tonight. Um uh, uh, I we the, we have you on one more time before the big day and that is the day before. November 7th you're coming yeah. back on. That's in 2 weeks and uh damn man. Uh, here here we go. I know go. already. I know. I know we were talking about this since since election night oh you when you called in to scream on election night 2020 that was the big you, listen you you spent a, you spent a lot of time on some of the biggest streams on the planet uh, over the course of those few days of uh, the election day and then afterwards you were you were seeing all over the place, and it was amazing to have even gotten a slice of your time. I still think that we got the best half hour that you had to give that night on election night. You were so fired up. I didn't even know what the hell to say. I just shut up and let you go, but tell everybody what you're doing for the next uh, the next couple of days so they can follow all of your work.
1: Yeah, we're going to have uh, Nevada. We're going to have Wisconsin. We're going to have Pennsylvania, and I think we are going to have another Georgia, uh, and then Hopefully, it looks like one more generic ballad uh, because we just blew, you know, I I overshot it. You know, I like big samples. I don't know if people noticed how big the sample was in that project, uh, but we did overshoot it, so we might as well... uh, you know, when you do these polls, you have to kind of say this is what I'm gonna spend on this poll and this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull this many off the voter files and randomly call them. You know, we just pull Frank, we went nuts. I'm like, I want big samples, take a hundred thousand from this state, hundred and fifty thousand from this state, two hundred thousand now. I just went nuts. Wow. You know, and now it's like, okay, good, because now we can return to those states. Georgia, I think we're going to have to um, look into CD Media on that one. I think they're going to sponsor that one. But if they don't, we may do it anyway because, you know, I can't say it yet, but you're going to see very soon that Walker, uh, you know, the, the talk of his demise was greatly overstated. And we had him leading between, you know, two and seven the entire year. And judging by what I'm seeing in all these other states, which is that, really things are just returning to the way they were before the summer if that's the case i really just can't see walker uh you know is giving up that position because of what the daily beast like republicans in georgia don't give a damn what the daily beast published frank i just don't i don't buy it wow. I don't buy but so i want to get in there again and see for myself and if it is the final is walker plus two like the last one was then that's what it is but um you know some of the Responses we we've been seeing, I just I don't I don't buy this, you know, fabricated last-minute coping attempt. I just don't, you know, come on.
0: I can't, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know what, Rich? I, I hate this Tom. term, but with you, I, I trust the science. With you, I trust the science, and uh, and I think that uh, that this is going to be enlightening, to say the least. And I'm glad that we have a large group of people who are just following along, and and we're yeah. all in the same, we're all in the same, uh, we're all in the same boat together, just getting ready for the fireworks, one way or another. Thanks again for all your time. <laughs> S- send my best to Laura. And, um, and yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. But I'm looking forward to the seventh.
1: Right back at you, Frank. Send our uh, best. Uh, Laura's always giving you know, preempting that. Always tells me to tell you hello. And you and yours, uh, you know, ball's going well. We'll see you soon.
0: You got it, man. Have a good one. Keep up the great work.
1: All the best, buddy.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks. There he goes. All right, we're going to go on a really quick break. Intermission. Did I set up the intermission? Did I do that? Let me see if I did. No, I didn't. Thank God I saw that. Well, okay. We will be right back. When we come back, your, your super chat's real quick, and then I got to get, I'll use the last half hour for these Russia updates. Big stuff.
1: Sorry, no. The the show is no. Quite
0: Frankly, No. 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 That's not right. I was just kidding. I don't even know what the hell that was. Here, this is better. It's treason, then.
4: Welcome to Intermission. We'll we'll be right back. i the
2: Quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly,
3: quite frankly,
1: quite frankly, quite frankly,
3: quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly,
1: quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly, quite frankly, we all support quite frankly, quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Not quite. Quite
0: frankly in Roma Italia. I
2: really like you. You're very smart.
0: So everybody watch. Quite frankly.
2: With Frank.
3: Quite frankly.
1: How dare you.
0: Trending on Twitter right now: Ted Cruz gets booed, flipped off by angry fans at Yankee Stadium, and confronted at the View. Yeah, you, you, you're surprised. I, I was looking at it because we saw his face, Ted Cruz's face behind home plate. Anthony, Anthony noticed it. He actually, he says that Ted Cruz. And I looked. I said, "Holy shit I think that's his face." because his face has gotten very big. And um, we confirmed it was Ted Cruz. And then, of course, that's when I saw all the tweets from all the crazy fucking liberals that were that were in uh, Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah, I'm standing behind Ted Cruz right now, reading his text to Mark Meadows from January 6th. Oh, gurgle. Like, oh, wow, you're a fucking moron. Oh, God. The only thing I hate more than, 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 than baseball fans, than Yankee fans, are New Yorkers. <laughs> it's the only thing I hate more than Yankee fans. Uh, no, I can't stand the Astros and their newbie fans. After the way that they've hand, they've handled the last 10 years of success, they deserve another 50 years of living in the basement. Especially since so much of that 10 years, they, they, uh, they can accredit to uh, knowing what pitches were coming. Well, you, 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 how many World Series would you have if you took away the steroids, they'll say. So I don't know if you understand how baseball works, but um, steroids don't help you make contact. And they don't help you with timely hitting. But you know what does? Knowing what pitches are coming, that does. And at least in 2017 and 19, you knew what pitches were coming. Um, so I at this point I would actually root for the Red Sox against if they ever had to match up with the the Astros. I have no ill will toward the Red Sox anymore. That that rivalry is dead. That rivalry died after the curse was broken and after all of the, the Don Zimmer Pedro fist fights and all that stuff happened. There's just nothing left. I don't care anymore. I say that. What did I start talking about? Ted Cruz and how much I hate Yankee fans. Listen, I don't like anybody. So if you're an Astros fan, don't take this personally. Um Let's get down let's get down to some of our super chatters because I want to get to this news. Very important news too you're reading between the lines first one up on quite frankly superchat.com I forgot to tell everybody about that Stostube says just a little extra uh, props thrown your way Frank and Rich such a pleasure to get more of Rich on the show the last couple of months thanks to both of you tremendously it would it's it's a wonderful thing for me Rich is a great friend but it's a definitely a wonderful thing for me as a writer and producer of a broadcast to know Rich is coming on on certain nights and for him to come back, it's just, it's great. It takes a lot off my plate, it, it makes me very confident. Um, Cody says, don't read this on air. Um, I don't, okay, so I'll, I'll have to watch that, look at, read that some other time then. Nettie B says, stay humble, my friend. I've been watching for almost three years now. I've sent you a few emails over the years, and you've replied to every one of them. You're one of the best, and I'm excited to see you grow. Much love to you and your family. Nettie. Nettie, no need to. Thank you. Thank you, Nettie. That's really nice. And I I have no... I have no choice but to stay humble let's see okay moving onward over to let's see is there anything popping off in pilled yes there is t Cross, thank you Sean Joe thank you salty nuts says love your show man thank you Paulie nine three six three says people are hurting people are hurting Frank I'm doing okay yeah, I know they are, and that's why I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it, and uh, and get that all out there, and just open up lines for it. And it'll happen soon, maybe even tomorrow. I've got a nice call in the beginning, open uh, coming on for the show with a sponsor. I want to talk cannabis a little, just for a little bit, from a guy who knows how to grow it, and and it's a sponsor of the show, Tyler from Secret Nature. But that's not going to take too long. So I want to I want to have a something bigger to do I think that's what what it'll be Um, let's see here alright okay so here's what we have here's what we have It started off with this, you know that there's only one tune being sung by our media when it comes to what's happening in Ukraine right now. Russia is being easily defeated, they're telling us Putin, they've apparently, they've stopped, he's apparently not dying anymore, they stopped saying that, but he's still desperate. And now we must be prepared for the Russians to detonate a dirty bomb, because as Marco Rubio and Victoria Nuland told us, that's classic Russia, and only they would do such a thing. Here's what we have from outlets like the New York Times, uh, the Wall Street Journal. NATO allies warn Russia against dirty bomb plot in Ukraine. So NATO saying, hey, we know you have a dirty bomb plot in Ukraine, Russia. Senior U.S. officials said Monday they saw no evidence Russia was preparing to deploy so-called dirty bomb in Ukraine, but threatened consequences if Russia did so after Moscow falsely accused Kiev of preparing one. Very interesting response. Let's go over there. Here's Zero Hedge. Russia warns of dirty bomb false flag plot and flurry of rare calls to Western leaders. Uh, This new... What were the defense minister... Where do I have it over here? Russian General Gerasimov also spoke by phone today with the chairman of U.S. uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley. So they're making calls saying, listen, don't do this. Please don't do this. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu claimed in rare phone calls that included his counterparts in the United States, Britain, France, and Turkey that Ukrainian forces are preparing a uh, provocation with a radioactive device. A Kremlin statement cited he conveyed a warning over possible Ukrainian provocations, including a dirty bomb. Shoigu's office said in a follow-up that he conveyed the warning to all above-named countries' defense chiefs. As for his conversation with Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, it was the second phone call in merely three days. The Pentagon, in hours after, said Austin told Shoigu he rejected any pretext for Russian escalation, which strongly suggests the U.S. perceives that Moscow is about to heighten attacks in Ukrainian cities further. So, it, the, the very again, very one-sided, very weird. For them to be coming out and saying, listen, we think that this is going to happen. Uh, and they said, hey, don't you get any ideas, Russia. We know the only one who could ever do something like this would be you. Victoria Nuland and Marco Rubio told us. Russian authorities repeatedly have made allegations that Ukraine could detonate a dirty bomb in a false flag attack and blame it on Moscow. Ukrainian authorities, in turn, have accused the Kremlin of hatching such a plan. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of people who believe that. That's the case. So it makes sense as to why the psychos are getting the 101st Airborne as close to the scene of the crime as possible, because, I mean, whenever this ultimately, whatever the catalyst... Is that's going to be triggered if there are Americans even in the area who are killed or injured or whatever then I guess that's predicate but so far we see I mean even Catherine Austin Fitz was talking about the real number of dead out there as some Western sources inside the EU say that over 400,000 soldiers are killed Ukraine is now and Ukraine is now trying to mobilize boys between the age of 12 and 16 I think Catherine Austin Fitz was uh, had even um, had even insinuated that this was a West-induced genocide. This was all part of the actual purpose of the thing. Now today, Romanian defense minister resigned, and the rumor is that he res- that the resignation came due to the fact that he wasn't on board with the decision that Romania would be the spearhead for U.S. NATO troops to enter Ukraine if and when that day came. Just a rumor. Just putting it out there because we only get one one bit of reporting. So obviously, uh, one side or another, if there is a war going on and it's escalating, uh, that's not good for anybody. So I'm not uh, just letting you know. Figure we throw something out there to balance out what we know we're only going to ever receive. And then we have this. According to a statement from the uh, Russian Minister of Defense, MOD, the detonation by Ukraine of some type of radioactive device is now imminent, according to Russian's, Russia's MOD. The following additional acts will be the underta- will be undertaken by Ukraine: uh, Kosovska Dam and Dnipro Dam will be blown up. A dirty bomb, tactical, or a tactical nuclear weapon will be detonated by Kur- uh, in Kursk. All six reactor units in Zaporizhia nuclear plant will be blown up, too. That's what they're saying. What they have gleaned from whatever intelligence they're gathering. Sergei Naryshkin, the head of Russia's Federal Security Bureau, has come out publicly today to say that they have verified covert intelligence that Ukraine is already well underway in preparation to do these things. The Saker... Then we had this. The Saker blog, they put out... Uh, something that was written by Pepe Escobar the headline they syndicated it the headline is the war of terror may be about to hit Europe and I'm going to just read this whole panic in the garden section right here because it goes into who's going to be blowing up what who is more prone to blow up what who has more reason to blow up one thing or another and uh, and what have we seen so far here's the section I highlighted for you panic in the garden The blowing up of Nord Stream and Nord Stream 2, everybody knows who did it, but the suspect cannot be named, Uh, took to the next level the two-pronged imperial imperial project of cutting off cheap Russian energy from Europe and destroying the German economy. From the imperial perspective, the the ideal subplot is the emergence of a U.S.-controlled intermarium from the Baltic and the Adriatic to the Black Sea, led by Poland exercising some sort of new hegemony in Europe on the heels of the Three Seas Initiative. But as it stands, that remains a wet dream. So just talking about how, by cutting off all this uh, cheap energy from Russia to Germany, the imperial, I mean, that, that would have, the imperial uh, presence would be the U.S., I'd have to imagine. They stand to actually be able to step in With the um, with the importation of our own energy there, I guess that that kind of makes back everything that we've We've made ourselves lose. It's just weird. Anyway continues on the dodgy investigation in quotations of what really happened to Nord Stream and Nord Stream 2 Sweden was cast as the cleaner as if this was a sequel of Quentin Tarantino's crime thriller Pulp Fiction That's why the results of the so-called investigation cannot be shared with Russia. The cleaner was there to erase any incriminating evidence. As for the Germans, they willingly accepted the role of patsies. Berlin claimed it was sabotage, but would not dare to say by whom. This is actually as sinister as it gets because Sweden, Denmark, Germany, and the whole EU know that if you really confront the empire, you know who the empire is, in public, the Empire will strike back manufacturing a war on European soil. This is about fear and not fear of russia so what they're what they're saying is that there's a lot of um that Europe is being um, swayed heavily by fear of what the United States and whatever is controlling the United States will do in response to any kind of pushback and um and veering away from whatever plans they had set in place That's a much bigger danger than even Russia The Empire simply cannot afford to lose the garden meaning Europe and that the garden elites with an IQ over room temperature know they are dealing with a psychopathic serial killer entity, which simply cannot be appeased uh, So as far as things being potentially blown up um, and one thing or another that's those are all the things that are happening right now now uh, another reason this is also another reason why I say it's fair to, to assume that we are building towards something like this uh, I mean and, and I and I said what was the most worrisome thing about asking about 2022 so far assessing whether we would have an election what was the most worrisome thing that I guess in 2020 we understood what we were building toward in the November plot, based on what started in January and February of that year with the arrival of the of the uh, the lockdowns and the virus, and then by April we already knew that this was going to be molded into some kind of an abridged version of an election, where everything would be turned on its head. Then we were told we have to rethink of how we see American elections because we got to stay alive we got to stay alive we got to make sure everybody's involved because it's the most important election of our lifetime. But we can't go outside, so how are we going to deal with this? Oh, we're going to flood the entire country with tens of millions of JCPenney mailer voters. So that's, uh, that's what it is. We didn't have any really a year-long telegraphing from Axios about the red tsunami, but we did have a year-long bubbling of this war in the background. And um, I don't know, just a war would create an incredible margin of chaos in which anything can take place. Just like those tens of millions of mail-in votes just floating around out there created an, an incredible margin of opportunity for anything to happen, for any kind of gap to be closed because the ballots are out there. If they show up, not even on time, but in the days and weeks after the actual election, they could still be used to close the gaps where needed. Well, if a war is actually started, not only is there going to be the, the usual losses and collateral damage of war, but uh, you know that there's going to be tons of cyber attacking ourselves during that and just blaming it on Russia. Why the hell not? Now, as far as Astro goes, this is what was sent in to me. Frank, the solar eclipse, moon enters Scorpio, 2 a.m., Eclipse on Tuesday lasts 5 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, but due to unusual planetary gridlock, the explosive confrontation continues until Wednesday, peaking early afternoon. Therefore, the eclipse is not over tomorrow a.m. In fact, it continues until the lunar eclipse November 8th, which is Election Day. So those are all just the things that are happening. Nothing that I got from inside sources things that are just kicking around and i figured i'd counterbalance it against what is readily available to all of us here in the west and uh and that's that okay um the number is 914-595-6953 we're taking a couple more calls in the last 10 minutes and then we're going to go and kick off our monday night programming on quite TV. it's mystery movie monday so, gonna go back to the super chats and take a couple of calls and away we will we will be in no time. 914-595-6953. Albert Frederick says Operation Cyber Polygon will make COVID look like a minor speed bump in comparison. Just make sure that we don't forget the anal schwab. This is still coming. Maybe this will have something to do with the election your election theory, just saying. Well, Albert, it's, it has a lot to do with it. They promised it, so it's not going to skip us over altogether. It'll show up when it's most necessary, and when they can most easily get away with it. I think that cyber attacks would be most easy to put on anybody you don't like in the middle of an actual shooting war. It could be used as predicate to start the thing, because we know that NATO said that cyber attacks would be enough to trigger Article 5. they promised us a hell of a lot, and on uh, on Friday and, and prior days, I, I laid out all the reasons why this is just going to be a It's just going to be something we're going to have to face at some point. They're not going to be able What Rich Barris is describing here tonight are trends in real life You can say oh, elections are bullshit, they're all rigged, whatever. That's fine. and you are completely valid in making that point, and you could probably you could bring up plenty of evidence that supports your claim. But what Rich Barris is what, what he provides as a professional isn't necessarily some, uh, the, uh, the belief that elections are always going to be on the up and up. He provides a look into real life, what people are thinking, feeling, And from large samples of people how those how that is that trend can can extrapolate out to larger swaths of the of the um of the population what he is showing and what people who do do work like him is showing is that there is going to be less and less opportunity for merely fudging the numbers and when you're down by 500,000 somewhere, you can't just go and dial up 550,000. It gets to a point where you just can't do it. And when you get to that point, that's when the lights really got to go out, I think. That's when the phantom of the opera really turns out the, the lights and the chandelier comes crashing down. I, th- you know, they're, they're still dealing with a, an acceptable level of illusion, tradition, and everything in between. But um, sooner than later, I mean, they've they promised things. they promised things. You know, Bill Gates was promi- promising us the arrival of Virus X or Disease X for years before 2020. Every time he mentioned Disease X that was going to show up one day prior to 20, I I was covering articles like that on this show, the earlier years in this show. 2011 2012 13 14 they, they would sprinkle out then uh if we you know if you, if you were back there saying "Oh, well, bill gates is going to roll out a pandemic in the next in the next two years you would have been wrong but if you waited five seven years i mean you you're telling me that he wasn't at least a big part of this thing from start to finish we're not even done so, when Klaus Schwab talks about cyber pandemics and, and and what the next one is going to be, is right around the same time that he's publishing his great reset and great narrative books, I mean, they're not good people, but it would be good to take note of what they say from time to time. So, there you go. Silky Johnson says, hey, Frank, thank you for reading and replying to my email. Uh... Uh, deep Dive would be so cool uh, into, into cults. Cults are very fascinating in their own unique piece of history. I wonder how different today's cults are compared to ancient ones if they are at all similar. That is something I should definitely bring someone on for. I already talked to Ryan Gable about coming back uh, and doing a specific thing about the, um, about the, the, the Saturn worshippers, cult of Saturn. And black black cube and all that stuff. So um, I, I don't know how big of a that sounds like it would be huge. That would be a big topic. Might take up the whole two hours if you're going to talk about the cults back then and now. And that's a. I don't think the the actual initiation process has changed that much. The technology has changed. Four zero two, you're on the air. Hold on four zero two. Give me a moment. I'm looking for four zero two. you there nope, no, nope, no nope, no, nope. hold on a second. now you're there. What's going on four zero two
2: hey, how you doing Frank?
0: I'm doing well. who's this?
2: This is Brian Jackholder. I'm uh, running for Congress out here in Iowa for the fifth time. oh really i just an average citizen, but uh. The Republicans don't like me running. I've spoiled two uh, congressional elections the last two times, so they uh, they put me into a new district to uh, uh, <laughs> cut me off from ninety percent of my supporters.
0: So, 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 so you say your name is Brian? What, what's your what's the uh, district that you're you're uh, running to represent? This is for a U.S. House seat or for the state of Ohio? No, the s-
2: state of Iowa. 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 Fourth, con- fourth. Fourth congressional district.
0: Okay. Okay,
2: it's it's 36 counties, but it's a third of the state. So the constituencies are too big. I've advocated for smaller constituencies. Uh, divided it into three. They stopped adding seats a hundred years ago, and the population has tripled. So I call it the Iowa Compromise. Let's divide by three, but divide their salary, their staffers, and their million-dollar office budget.
0: Wow, so you still you still believe in actually having a small number of number of constituents being represented by someone that they can have at least a uh, a, a decent amount of access to, not like the old uh, Alexandria ocasio Cortez supposedly representing seven hundred thousand people.
2: Oh yeah, I mean the district out here it's uh, it's huge. It takes uh, I had to drive five hundred miles and conduct my own caucus just to get on the ballot. So the, uh, <laughs> the Republicans increased my ballot access burden by 400 percent to keep me from running a fifth time.
0: So, so are you – so then but, – but you've already gone – so you're, are you running as a Republican? Because, I mean, obviously – No, no.
2: I'm, I'm running as a Liberty Caucus. I had to form my own caucus and conduct my own caucus. And I'm a registered Libertarian. Uh, I've participated in Republican Party politics in the past, but uh, I don't trust the two-party system.
0: I'm I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear people like you going out there and really hitting the ground and uh, and and really hitting it hard and doing things independently there. How are you? Um, how, what what are you doing for outreach? Obviously, you got the deck stacked against you, but you sound like you're just full of really positive, proactive energy.
2: Well, Frank, I uh, I've been wearing a tricorner hat for the last uh, nine years. Okay. So uh, I've worn it out in public. I've worn it when I've spoken at the Iowa State Fair. And uh, the mainstream media reports on me, uh, but the hat is a symbol of our freedom and our liberties. And uh, you know we've lost so much in the last uh, few generations. And uh, I, I don't hear the other candidates advocating dividing up the districts into smaller ones.
0: So. Well, I, you know what, this is great. Uh, It's great to hear from you. And you're in. So you said it's it's District three or four? Iowa four
2: iowa district 4 in iowa okay um, from council bluffs which is uh part of the omaha uh oblast so
0: so every, anybody out a, there in iowa in uh, district 4 yeah, we're
2: a primary target <laughs> for the nukes so Stratcom is just across the river so let's not have a nuclear war
0: very important spot there and what's your name again sir
2: Brian Jack Holder, H-O-L-D-E-R.
0: And that's how it's going to be on the ballot.
2: Yep, and people can Google my name, and uh, I'm reported on in the mainstream media. I just don't raise any money to run for Congress because it's ridiculous to raise $5 million uh, to represent complete strangers.
0: I, you know what? I, it's, uh, it, it, like I said, I know that there's probably plenty of people out there doing what you're doing, Brian. I'm glad that you got through tonight, and I hope that people in your district look into your campaign a little bit. Do you have a website?
2: No, it's just uh, my personal Facebook and my YouTube channel. So I film town hall meetings. I film my opponents. Uh, my Democratic opponent, I filmed his speech at Iowa State University and uploaded it for him. Uh, I wish his party would do that kind of work for him. But uh, I'm a citizen journalist, so
0: Well, you sound like a really nice man, and I wish that Congress was filled with people like you, Brian. I'm, I, I'm sincere in saying that. Thank you for calling in tonight.
2: Thank you, Frank. It's very humbling, and I'd love to talk again. So you have a great evening, and God bless you and all of our listeners here.
0: Call Yes, call in again and, and email me too. Stay in touch. If, if you try calling in one night and you can't get through, just remember to email the show. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.
2: And Frank, both my grandfathers were named Frank, so you're my, you're my brother in liberty.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you, and, uh, and, and all the best to you and your family.
2: Okay, thank you, Frank.
0: Take bye care. Bye. There you go. Well, if I lived in Iowa in District 4, I know who I'd be voting for. Damn it all. That's what I would be doing. Uh, 857. That was great. That was a great call. I'm glad that, that call came through. Um, I'm going to stop it right there. We'll take more of those calls tomorrow because I, it's not a very heavy show tomorrow. I had a lot to do tonight, so we should be able to open it up a bit, get to some more Super Chats and things like that. Thank you, everybody that's watching on Rockfin and on Rumble. Everybody's chilling. Everybody's having a good time. Rumble Chat seems nice and, and healthy tonight. They think I don't see them, but from time to time, I do. And uh, it's not always so embarrassing. Some of it's a little cringe over there. But uh, what are you going to do? You got to leave room for cringe these days. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, everybody. It's been great. Thank you, PN Sasquatch on uh, Foxhole. Thanks for being here. Uh, Texas for Trump. Thank you. Michael Myers says, how scary do you want the Halloween stories to be? Uh, As long as they're true. I mean, if it's from coming from you, Michael Myers, whatever. But as long as they're true, just give us some nice, concisely told, scary stories from your life. I would love to hear one. Especially things that are unexplained, inexplicable. So, yes. Yes, indeed. What else do I have here? Thank you, everybody, on Theta. A little jacuzzi over there. And YouTube, a wonderful little audience on YouTube as always. Just remember, YouTube, any night could be our last night. So have a backup. QuiteFrankly.tv or Rumble, wherever the hell it is. Twitch, I hope everybody on Twitch enjoyed themselves on Friday night when we did our our Friday the 13th gaming. I had a lot of fun with the guys. Uh, We went out and we downloaded the new Ghostbusters game. So we're going to try that. We're going to do some more Friday the 13th and we're going to find some other games that we can do, like maybe one one night a week, especially now that the cold weather is coming in and there's going to be a lot of weekends that we just don't want to go out. So we'll all just meet up on PlayStation and stream on Twitch, and we'll have someone at the network, like Cody, how, how he helped me out on uh, Saturday night, syndicated it over on quitefrankly.tv. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of good times. It was good, good shit. So... um You guys have a great evening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks again to Rich Barris for coming. Please become a sponsor of the show. It'd be wonderful to count you among my bosses and my boss ladies. Go to quitefrankly.tv. Go to the Sponsor Us tab. There's the Subscribe Star. There's directly right through quitefrankly.tv, powered by Squarespace, Stripe. It's all non-PayPal. Don't worry about it. And, uh, And thank you all so much. I will see you tomorrow. Take care, and email away. Be great to hear from you.
2: I'll catch you on the flip side..
0: Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Silky Johnson, Albert Frederick Stowstube, Cody, Nettie B. Thank you to everybody across all the platforms. And tomorrow's another day. I hope you're here hanging out with me at 7 o'clock. I'll be here. Go to QuiteFrankly.tv. Hang out for Monday night.
2: ass all day long when i come home i want to smoke turkey is that too fucking much to ask what
0: the fuck is your
2: problem everything but fucking turkey in here
1: will you shut up
2: yeah.